Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What is going on, listeners out there? Sound of my voice. James Coe here, NFL Fantasy Life podcast on this beautiful Monday afternoon. All right, hey, listen, we got uh, Michael Fabiano here, Marcus Grant, MJ, and the return of the Wiz kid from Wisconsin, Alex Gelhar. Hey, welcome back, pal. Good, good to be here, guys. It, it felt weird listening to the podcast while I was mowing my parents' lawn in Wisconsin <laughs> instead of being here. All right, we got a big show in front of us here, man. We're going to talk about headlines, of course. We're going to get to some Twitter questions for the first time on the podcast this year, which is going to be great. Uh, we're going to be talking about some offenses that could surprise Dolphins, Vikings, Bengals, Cardinals fans. You're going to want to stick around for that. And then we're going to play a little game of the draft price is right a game that you do not want to miss. Uh, of course, go to the website, nfl.com slash fantasy, nfl.com slash fantasy to sign up today. And, of course, you could do mock drafts right now. It's never too early to do a good mock never, draft, right, MJ? Never, 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 never. Uh, Michael Fabiano, you had a very interesting weekend this weekend. Uh, two weekends ago, yes. I was back home in Connecticut for uh, my sister's 40th birthday. All right. Happy birthday, Denise. You're you're an old lady now. Um and I'm an old man. All right. <laughs> so I went to the Yankees game, of course. My beloved Yankees on Sunday, Father's Day. My buddy David Martinez from SAP got us just unbelievable seats. We're four rows behind home plate just to the left. Cool. Hanging out there, watching the game. All of a sudden, who steps down one section over but Kate Upton. Hello. That's um, his dream come true. And two of her friends, both men. Were they playing the uh, the Tigers? Yes, okay. they were playing the Tigers, so she was there to support uh, her, her boyfriend, Justin Verlander. And, of course, my buddies are all going nuts. Oh, my God, Kate Upton's there. Oh, my God, Kate Upton's there. So she gets up quickly after, goes back, um, and doesn't come back. So we're thinking, oh, well, that was our Kate Upton sighting for, yeah. the, uh, for the game. Right, right. Eighth inning comes around. We move one section over, so we're right behind home plate, second row. Okay. Watching, and all of a sudden she comes back and sits right behind us. And Hello. My guys are like, 
dude, she's right behind us. Kate Upton's right behind us. And you're trying, <laughs> you're trying to, you're trying to look and not look. This, you're, you're I'm just laughing at this. Like the you know guys ever. Like I imagine the stage whisper of, right? She's right behind us. Oh, it was like that, Marcus. It was, it was like that. So I told my buddy Dave, I'm like, dude, I'm talking to her. Like, I don't care. It's Kate Upton. I'm, I have to talk to her, right? I'm never going to get this opportunity. And plus, you got to have a story for the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. Right, I mean, exactly. How could you... Okay. So I'm texting with Adam Wainwright, who's a good buddy of mine. He knows Justin, so I'm thinking, this is my in. If Adam met Kate, I can... Boom, I'm in. Okay. So Adam texted me back and said, no, I don't know her, but I'm a fan of her work. <laughs> like, <"No." laughs> well, well. So I was like, you know, I'm still going to use your name. So I turned around and I said, Kate, uh, do you play fantasy football? Uh, of course, the question that comes out of my mouth, okay, right? Worst First. pickup line yeah. ever. I'm by not the picking way. her up. I mean, I'm <laughs> not trying girlfriend. to pick her up. He's, he's and it's to... Kate Upton. I mean, I got no shot. So, um, she says no. She looks at me like I'm a little bit strange. Okay, that's a weird question to be asked. Then I get into how I know Adam, and that Adam knows Justin. And do you know Adam? And she doesn't know him. Uh, I ask her if she is a football fan. She says she is. She's a Jets fan because her sister worked for the Jets. Now, as luck might have it. Back before MetLife opened, me and one of my best friends, Bill, got a tour of MetLife, and guess who was the person who showed us around? Kate None other sister. than her sister, what? Christy Upton. Wow. That's crazy. So Layers I brought story. out right. Christy, and the conversation just bloomed. We talked for like 10 or 15 minutes. It was a lot of fun. She's a really sweet girl. Um, and believe it or not, I actually got her into our fantasy football celebrity league that. she wow. has never played fantasy football before now so she she's will be win. playing and she of sent me an email win. and said right. that she is excited to win the league so she's already <laughs> talking trash and i also got the miz from wwe is joining who by the way has two million followers on twitter good stuff two million so the league is uh, coming together this year, guys. Okay. Yeah, I like so, And uh, Kate also agreed to come on our show at some point during the season. You know what this reminds me of? How about Always that? be closing. Coffee is for closers. <laughs> Coffee is for closers. Always be closing. You know what third place gets? A set of knives. That's really? Not, that was a, that was very of my up. That was very yeah. cleaned up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Family podcast. <laughs> I, I, I haven't I haven't seen that movie. So Kate Upton's in the Celebrity League now, and right. uh, hopefully you'll be seeing her on NFL and Fantasy Live this year. For I those like who are it. unaware, that was from Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. So uh, old school movie. Can check it out. Right on the Netflix. Uh, fabulous, or something. fabulous Fantastic. film. Uh, one of the one of the you know old school films. Do, do you ever realize this that uh, they don't change settings in old school films? Not a lot. Nope. <laughs> Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross has like three sets, and that's it. Yep, and, and then they're done. Well, that's also how you get. But a still, cast. a great movie. That's how you get a cast like that that's is you point. spend all the money on them and not the set, and all right, let them point. do the work. All right, let's do uh, top headlines, shall we? Let's all do right. it. Percy Harvin says he would love to be more than just a slot and gadget guy. Telling Bill's team website, "Quote: I've been dying to just sit down with that one coach who will tell me what I'm doing wrong and what I need." to do how much do we buy what percy harvin is selling Marcus? You, you know what oh, i'm sorry oh no go ahead. you know what i would love to be a millionaire okay to be a billionaire uh, to be a billionaire doesn't mean i'm gonna be a okay. billionaire all oh, right go ahead mark i'm not buying <laughs> I, I mean basically he kind of nailed it i'm not i'm not buying i mean we've seen this i feel like we've heard this story from percy uh, harvin a couple yeah, times in the last few seasons the yeah. you know i don't want to be a gadget guy i can do so much more i can be an outside receiver and no no you, you know and it just it hasn't happened yet so now he's going to a team with a top-notch running back in Lashawn mccoy yep couple of good young wideouts with uh, Sammy Watkins and Robert Woods there. Mm-hmm. And a team that is talking, in all seriousness, 
about naming Tyrod Taylor as their starting quarterback. Oh. <laughs> I mean, oh, come on. You know what this is? Is Percy Harvin in this refrain has become our, like, Ross and Rachel, our Sam and Diane, our J.D. and Elliot of the fantasy season. <laughs> Sam and Diane. <laughs> Got to get in the Cheers reference. And people are going it. to continue to believe it, but you can't. This is this is not going to happen. And I wrote right. for our thing on the, on the site this morning. How many times has Percy Harvin ever had 1,000 receiving yards in a season? Uh, that would be zero. Zero. He had one big year in Minnesota, and, and everyone one. loved him. Because he was so versatile. And right. He has one big year, though. That was, the, have... that was the lockout year, too, where everybody had huge numbers. Like, everybody went bananas that year. And if you think about it, too, and I wrote a column about uh, teams losing targets, think about the targets that the Bills have now. They added Percy Harvin and Charles Clay mm-hmm. and didn't really lose anybody. And Shady. Right. And Shady's going to catch passes out of the backfield. So not enough to go around, especially with that lousy quarterback situation. By the way, it's the same coaching staff that he had last year for eight games. <laughs> you know, and I mean, it's not like it's a new look. It's the exact yeah. same How do you do look. with the Jets? <laughs> 29 catches, 350 yards, one touchdown, eight games with the same coaching staff. And he had a better quarterback in New York. Mm-hmm. Did he? Gino. Much Gino better. versus Gino than EJ Manuel or Tyrod Taylor or Matt when, when we're saying Castle. Gino Smith. Maybe Matt Castle. Maybe Matt Castle. When we're saying no. Gino Smith R- is, a, is an upgrade at quarterback, has we got problems. horrible in the offseason. Yeah. Who has? Matt Castle. Matt Ca- Really? Wow, what a surprise. So I, I think we Shocking. Can, we can bury this <laughs> Breaking story. news. Matt Castle does not uh, look good in camp. Hold on. i got to race down and write that story now. <laughs> People need to know. All right. Second headline. Basically, we're not buying it. Per- look, let's just put a bow on this thing. Uh, Percy Harvin, draftable, not draftable? Not yeah, for me. Draftable, but like, not until one of the last three or four I mean, rounds. Wide receiver five, maybe? Not, not counting on that. Much. That is a, that's a not draftable. All right. Darren McFadden says he feels, quote, like a rookie all over again. That's what he told the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. By the way, that sounds like a, a paper from The Onion. Yes, it does. <laughs> Area man's excited about football season. Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Can't they shorten that to like an acronym or something? The NADG. The NADG. The NADGA. The NADGA. Solid. Uh, he's had three consecutive seasons of less than three and a half yards per carry, but that was with the lowly Raiders. He's got a new city, and more importantly, he's got a new offensive line. What are we expecting from Darren McFadden? Well, not much because the, to me, I'm all about Joe Randall. As long as he keeps his head on straight, that's the guy. I've got some contacts there in Dallas, and they, the Cowboys coaching staff really thinks he can come in and take off. McFadden is what he is. I mean, he, he's he's had one good year. He can't stay healthy. Yeah. His hamstring feels great now, but uh, guess what happens once you get closer to the season? Injuries mount. Randall is shooting up draft boards. Um, he barely missed my f- top five uh, rounds in the mock draft. That okay. Um, so he's just week. outside your top five. Right now, right now he's right around 66th round. But if he starts looking unreal in training camp and preseason, you watch his stock shoot. Through the moon. Right. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. But is anyone here taking the run DMC versus Joe Randall? uh, Anyone taking uh, Darren McFadden in that battle? Can I just point something out? Sure. Is Fab's upping his fantasy journalism game? He's got contacts (laughs) down in Dallas. Sources. Wait. Sources. Let's get investigated here. Is that contact Elliot Harrison? (laughs) No. It is not. It is actually uh, someone who's very close to the Cowboys. That's right. I was just just getting on. But no. Harrison's... Exactly, that's right. Babe you know, Loffenberg. I remember Babe Loffenberg blew a game up for us uh, against Atlanta. 
Cowboys would have made the playoffs. Aikman was hurt. Uh, forget it. I'm All right, listen. Go off on a tangent. <laughs> Anyone taking Dan McFadden in this battle? Not I, not over Joseph Randall. No, I I might. I might, I I might, might too, man. Jumping off the cliff. I, I need to go. I'm going to probably this week dive back into the film and the stats right. and really do a deep dive on both these guys and see what we can discern. Unfortunately, all that is probably going to be for not because it could all change once the pads come on uh, in about a month. But I, I might be down to get Run and, DMC on there, a little reclamation project behind a great offensive line with and I guess, quarterback and I guess I targets. Should, I should clarify. Like, I'm not totally down on, on Darren McFadden. Sure. I, mean, I do think being in Dallas is a good situation for him, certainly better than in, if, if he had stayed in Oakland. At worst, he's a top-flight handcuff. Yeah. At worst. And that's, that's kind of how I view him. I mean, I think, I, think, I think he'll begin the year as the starter. I just think somewhere middle of the season, Randall's going to take oh, you over think and start McF- getting. Oh, really? Yeah, I think I think okay. McF- I think McFadden will come out of camp as the starter, but I think somewhere before the season's out, you'll see Randall take over, and I think he may end up leading that team in carries when it's all said. You know what's funny? I think uh, it's if I, I just want to transpose those two names. I really feel like Joe Randall is going to start the season as the starter with Run DMC kind of carrying the mail later in the season um, because I, I I look at the I look at the size and skill set of Joe Randall. I like him. Uh, you know, well, maybe I don't like his size and skill set, but it's hard not to like that offensive line. Hard not to like that offense. Uh, so yeah, in that in that situation, you love Joe Randall. But maybe he starts to wear down, break down a little bit in the second half of the season, uh, and maybe Darren McFadden then becomes again uh, just uh, an unbelievable handcuff. But Wait, time out. We're saying that McFadden's going to take over because someone else is going to be yeah. <laughs> You like that? Hang on. That's <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> well, he's going to be sitting uh, on the side saddle for a while, man. I, I, You know, unless they just go with the full-out committee approach, which, I, you know, I don't know, Alex. I, I, I could see that happening. I could see it being a committee. Hold on. I'm crunching some numbers All right, here. Hit me. Um, with Joseph Randall. I need to do a little bit more math, so Marcus or Fabs, fill in for me. <laughs> <laughs> I... Typically go upside over experience, right. especially when that experience is as injury prone as Darren McFadden. Sure. And he's a good dude. I mean, I've interviewed McFadden. I like him as a person. I just can't trust him. And Randall has the type of upside where he could end up being a top 10 fantasy running back. I wrote a column today about 20 shocking scenarios that wouldn't shock me. Okay. Because every year we see things that we never in a million years predicted. Yeah, you know this all means, of course. OBJ scores more fantasy points than Calvin Johnson. Go ahead, Mark. All this means is that it's going to be a committee. Right. Right? We're, we're sitting here trying to, like, you know, parse who's going to take over as the starter here. And then what it means is that they're both going to end up getting about 150 carries, and then we're all going to be screwed. <laughs> right. That's what's going to happen. Most, most I likely. don't want to invest heavily. <laughs> that's, that's really what it comes I'll down take to. a flyer on them. Here's, here's, I saw this on Twitter somewhere, so I, for, I apologize who I took this from, but I wanted to do it up, and I just had to crunch the numbers myself. Okay. But – Joseph Randall, in his short two-year career, has yeah. only had four games where he's had more than 10 carries. Okay. In those games, yeah. he only averaged 2.54 yards per carry. Not great. He was getting a bigger workload. Not great. Not running on a third down against you know, spaced-out defenses and things like that. So we're really going to need to see in preseason if he can carry more of the workload against a stacked front like Tamargo did <clears throat> and get that extra meat that apparently was left on the bone. Here, uh, yeah. <laughs> what? I, wow. All right. Anyways, he, look, he's six feet tall. He's 210 pounds. Again, not necessarily the uh, physical 
characteristics of that every down guy. I, I mean, you look at this guy again, third season back, and as you mentioned, Alex, uh, not necessarily hugely productive. I mean, at least when we saw Toby Gerhardt leave Minnesota, he was averaging like seven yards per carry uh, uh, as a backup to Adrian Peterson. So there was at least intrigue there. Joe Randall's career is 6.7 yards per carry, but again, that's that's, that's coming on a lot of those third down scrap, like third and 20, here's a yeah. draw play, run for 18 yards. It's an unbelievable line. It's a great offense. I, I can see why Fabs would, would put him just outside of the top 50. I could I can see that. I just, man, I, I look at the physical characteristics, and I've seen what he's done in his career. I, I just, it's hard for me to buy that. But, again, opportunity makes kings out of us all, man. So it's uh, it's interesting. Uh, put that on a T-shirt somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> All right, listen, uh, we're, we move on. Uh, what, what's the next head? I think I deleted this next headline. Victor Cruz. Victor Cruz, Victor Cruz says uh, rehab will make or break him. That's what he told the USA Today. I don't even have that headline in front of me, but you know what? I just I memorized it. Wow, look at you. Yeah, wow. I like That's it. Uh, Vic, professional. Look, Victor Cruz telling the USA Today that uh, rehab is going to make him or break him. Uh, what do we make of those statements? And, and again, I, I know we've touched on this uh, on a previous podcast, but where do you take a guy like Victor Cruz? Uh, I'm looking at him very, very late. I mean, he's that guy. You draft him late. And you hope maybe you get some upside out of him, or if, you know, if, if it doesn't come, if it doesn't, if he doesn't come around, you haven't spent a lot. You haven't lost much. But if he does, if he comes back and he looks even a little bit like the old Victor Cruz, then you've got something, and you've got it at a great value. I mean, that, but that I think is all you can expect when even the Giants don't <laughs> seem particularly optimistic about right. him coming back. I mean, it's been less than a year. I mean, he tore his plateau tendon, what, in October? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, yeah. We're talking about less than a year of recovery This is time. a bad that, injury, that, though. That's tough, man. It's it, a bad injury. We're talking about a guy who also made his living, Fabs, uh, with speed, mm-hmm. and, and that speed is going to be slow to come back. Uh, where do you have a guy – uh, like Victor Cruz, he's let's just, just say in standard formats, because I know in PPR he'll be a, 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 he'll have a slight uptick in value. Well, he's just outside of my top forty wide receivers, so let's put it that way. Uh, as Marcus said, late rounds, he's a flyer that a lot of people will see his name still on the board That's late right. and think, "Ooh, Victor Cruz!" Right, and then they'll pick him up. But a lot of questions there. Remember, OBJ is now the clear cut number one. Right, Eli Manning has been talking up Ruben Randall. Um, there's questions as to whether or not Cruz is going to leave some of that speed on the operating table, which I would kind of think that he, he will. And uh, they also added a pass-catching running back in Shane Vereen. So Cruz is someone that I would take a flyer on. Speaking uh, of current ADP uh, on NFL.com, 125 right. in the 13th. So, I mean, 13th. he's not going anywhere where you're taking uh, a huge leap of faith. It's not a big investment. 13th take round a flyer on a him, flyer. sure. He's a flyer. Yep. Right, he's a flyer. No, no doubt about that. And, uh, and I would got to prove that he can be what he was before anyone's going to trust him after that procedure. By the way, I would almost rather take uh, an unproven rookie uh, than a Devontae Parker, someone like that. I, I mean, I think Parker will be gone by the 13th round. But but, you know, even if I'm looking at like a Tyler Lockett in Seattle or something, you know, give me a guy like that. Uh, where I don't know what Tyler Lockett's ADP is, but I got to imagine it's in the double digits. I, I I would much rather have a guy with upside versus a Victor Cruz. Because, again, maybe Victor Cruz comes around week six, week seven, week ten maybe. But, man, I, I tell you what, he needs some time to recover. I'm not saying that he can't do it. I think he's a he's a great professional. He's got the skill set. And, he, and, and most importantly, he's got good chemistry with Eli. He's got a good quarterback back there. I just – you know, I just think he needs time 
to recover and, and get that speed back and get some, back into the Some of those upside guys you're talking about that you could get after Cruz based yeah. on ADPs right now. Uh, Kenny Stills, Allen Robinson, oh, yeah. Devontae Adams. Allen Robinson's guys. after? I would take all those That's guys before. Insane. I'd take all of them ahead of Wade right. Cruz. Right? Uh, Philip Dorsett, yep. Devin Funches. Done. Done. Cole Beasley, Dun- well, okay. Amendola, <laughs> <laughs> Ruben Randall, and then Tyler Lockett. So, okay, uh, rather than reach for the name, uh, okay. I I was, Alan I will, Robinson. I will pass on Cole That's Beasley, insane. but all those other names I like more. You know than how Victor it's Cruz. still June? Yeah. I that's guess that's, that'll change. That's, yeah. Well, oh. and again, we do got to see the see these guys uh, a little bit in, in the uh, preseason game. And this we'll is a small happens. sample size. This sure. is only from the drafts that have been happening on NFL.com. Right. Yet, the more we get in, the more accurate data <clears throat> we get, and the better we can all learn from. And that. how do we do that? By doing mock drafts. NFL.com/slash/fantasy. Sign up today. Uh, and of course, NFL.com/slash/draftkit if you want to see all of the uh, the cool info uh, we got out there. Uh, pre-draft and it, it's gonna it's all good stuff man just uh nfl.com slash draft kit or nfl.com slash fantasy to play right now all right so uh f- again for the very first time on this uh revamped podcast we're gonna hit your twitter questions and if you'd like to uh make the show of course tweet at any of us marcus uh, alex gelhar myself or, or michael fabiano or you could tweet the nfl fantasy handle at nfl fantasy all right so first question comes from Dwayne jackson at djax 55 is des bryant a risky pick because of his contract situation and we'll go to the cowboys homer on this one don't know yet don't know yeah. yet they're going to be in discussions they have until july 15th to but is he a risky sort pick? of no not right now if he holds out a training camp then he holds things out through change. week one yeah. then things change because there is a uh, well-known trend of players, Darrell Rivas, Stephen mm-hmm. Jackson, Larry Johnson, uh, to go back uh, and, and discuss a few. Chris Johnson, who MJD hold out of, of camp uh, and injuries. injuries or a decline in production. Right. So that would worry me a little bit. But let's be honest. How far are we going to drop Des Bryant down at wide receiver? It's not going to be out of the top yeah. ten, that's for sure. Yeah. Is he going to be – Is could he drop down to the like like the mid-second round if he misses the entire training camp and he says he's sitting out week one? I, I would say he could probably drop into the second or third round. Early, early late, third, yeah. Something like that, but he's not going to drop much further than that. Yeah, if I'm sitting around Too there, much upside. If I'm sitting around there late second round and no Des Bryant's still there – Hello, Brian. Because, I mean, I know all the fears. I understand all that. If if he sits out, I I totally get that. But also at the same time, when he comes back, 13 touchdowns, he's still going to be the guy Tony Romo looks for first. Sometimes expectations are going to supersede risk. It's almost like, okay, this really good-looking blonde girl wants to go on a date with me, but this woman has the IQ of a grapefruit. Guess what? I don't care. I'm going out with her. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> yes. That analogy went by. That's went what I'm talking way, about. Fruit. Oh. That's what I'm talking about. What are you talking about? All right. The girl so is fat- good. They- Listen, here. I know you're a married guy. I know you're married. The woman is good looking. Okay? That's the upside. But the downside is that you're not going to have a conversation with her, but you're still going to go out with her. Okay? Des Bryant has got amazing talent and production. Uh-huh. Okay? He's going to hold out a training camp potentially. And that means, oh, I'm a little afraid he could get hurt. I'm the, still drafting the him. The podcast spinning out of control. <laughs> I'm seeing on the other side of the table Come right on. now. Fabiano. Fab's just digging the what grave is happening? There's no <laughs> grave to Next be dug. Twitter question. That was a great With comparison. Uh, Jake Bender asked us on Twitter, if I have a choice between Matt Ryan and Drew Brees, what? who should I pick? Matt Ryan, Drew Brees. I'm hey, not even what? going to just um, – go ahead. Well, Thanks. here we go. I mean, Drew Brees. Drew. Uh, 
I don't like Breeze this year. I think he's going to be a bust because everyone's going to draft him too high. Okay. But even if he's a bust, he's going to be better than Matt Ryan. He was better than Matt Ryan last year, but it was, it was he's been the number than six. Matt Ryan every year. Yes, he was the number six quarterback versus the number seven quarterback in, in, in Matt Ryan. So the comparison, at least last year, was pretty darn similar. Uh, is anyone taken up for Matt Ryan in this uh, this battle of the quarterbacks? Uh, not me. Not me. Yeah, it's tough. I, you know, I, th- I think Breeze will have diminished numbers this year, but I still like him better than I like Matt Ryan. I think he's got more weapons. I don't know. Yeah. Anyone Is anyone intrigued by the new offense that they might install in Atlanta? You know, they added uh, a couple of offensive weapons as well. Uh, it's, it's a, there's at least intrigue there. And plus... Plus, can I say this? So they add a couple of, of pieces in Atlanta. They add a new offensive system that could help them. And in addition to that, New Orleans loses Jimmy Graham. Still got Sean Payton, one of the most creative offensive minds in the league. Now you add C.J. Spiller. You could have the arrival of Nick Toon, Brandon Cooks on Fab's man crush list. And Drew Brees is still Drew Brees. The guy was still slinging the rock great last year. Sure. Uh, but he is I getting up there in age. He's getting up there. He's not as high up there he's as, not as, as a, like Manning and Brady. Right, exactly. Right. He's, you take Drew. I, look, I, I, I see what I see what you guys are saying. I know I know in my heart of hearts I'm saying Drew Brees, but I tell you what, I think the question is a heck of a lot closer uh, than we might think of it right this second. I think when the season starts to play out, uh, there's been a lot of turmoil, a lot of change in New Orleans, and in Atlanta, I kind of sort. I like the fact that they're revamping that offense a little bit. They add a guy like Tevin Coleman who could be a home run hitter. Um, I, I think this is going to be a quarterback battle, in my opinion, that will be a lot closer uh, than a lot of. They were only twenty-two points apart last. That's year. what I'm saying, but and that's exactly what I'm talking about. So right. I, twenty-two points is still almost a couple of weeks. Oh sure, sure, so but it, it wasn't like we're talking about. Oh my God, it's Aaron Rodgers versus against. Matt Ryan. Yeah, <laughs> but also at this it's, point, I think we know who Matt Ryan is. His highest, right? His highest passing yardage total is forty-seven hundred yards. That's like a bad year for Drew Brees. Uh, we've seen his ceiling. That being said, though. You know, uh, the the previous coaching staff. Um, Are you going to draft Matt Ryan ahead of Breeze? I am not. Okay, then what's your <laughs> argument? <laughs> I'm just saying. Look, I think Drew Breeze will be extremely overdrafted. That's I do too. The the, the point that I'm making here is that I think he's going to be extremely overdrafted. I think Matt Ryan is going to be. I don't know if he's going to be underdrafted, but I think he will provide you more value come drafting. Relative value will, will side with, with, you know what? with Ryan. This could be a good segue into our next segment because look who's the top of the draft price is right. Drew Brees. Wait, we got a queued up. There he is. Oh. I love it. I used to um, I used to pretend that I was sick when I was a kid just, just to, to watch it Absolutely. and watch. All right, look. Yeah. Should we like, just get into it? You need a long, skinny microphone, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> let's just get into it, man. Let's do draft price is right. We'll get to offenses that could surprise in a bit. But let's do draft price is right. Right now, Drew Brees is being taken in round five. He's the 40, about the 45th overall pick. He was the sixth best quarterback last year. Does he crack into the top five, which consisted of Aaron Rodgers, Andrew Luck, Russell Wilson, Peyton Manning, or Big Ben? Does Drew Brees pass one of those guys and crack into the top five? Basically, what I'm asking you, is the draft price right or wrong? I think he's a top five quarterback, but I'm not taking him in round five. That just seems a little high for me. Um, yeah, I, and I'm not. You know, I'm not one of the wait on a quarterback guys. Like I'll take Aaron Rodgers in the first round. I'll take Andrew Luck in the second. But I think after those two guys are gone, then I probably am going to sit around and wait on somebody. So I don't. I, for me, 
round five seems a little steep. Alex? Wow. Everyone is <laughs> like silent, dead huh? silent. I, just, I am on record as saying that I would not draft Breeze in one of the first five rounds unless I had the last pick and I go Breeze and then I'm picking first in round six. Okay. And it's not because Drew Breeze isn't great. It's not because Drew Breeze isn't one of the best quarterbacks in the history of fantasy football. Right. It goes against my philosophy of waiting on a quarterback until later than the fifth round. And to be quite honest with you, I just don't see him being the 5,000-yard passer, 40-touchdown passer. That offense now is going to be more balanced. Agreed. Look at what they did in the offseason. You have to sort of uh, read the tea leaves there. They get they get Unger from Seattle. They draft uh, Pete. They, they re-sign Mark Ingram. Yeah. They trade Jimmy Graham. They trade Kenny Stills. They don't bring anyone in to really replace those guys, uh, unless you consider C.J. Spiller a replacement, but he's a running uh, back. No, he's not. So, to me, Breeze could totally do what he did last year, uh, maybe a little bit worse, but I would argue that Breeze gave a lot of people headaches last season, especially Absolutely. when he was on the road where people were like, I don't know if I should start this guy. Um, it's interesting, too, when you, you talk about them uh, you know, bringing in Max Unger, Andres Pete, uh, revamping that offensive line, committing big dollars to the running back position. Is this New Orleans we're talking about here? Right? They, the entire league is going to a more pass-oriented offense, and the most pass-oriented offense in the league is going more towards a ground and pass. I'm, I'm just confused. Is, I, don't want, I don't know what's going on. The thing is that we look at everything from a fantasy perspective, at least most of the time. Right. The Saints aren't winning. I mean, they're, they're not winning, so I think it shocked still, us all when they traded creative. Jimmy Graham, but someone at the top said, we're blowing it up. Got to do it different. I just, I don't know. I don't, I'm not exactly sure if they've got a, a, a clear game plan in New Orleans. I think they need to revamp their defense, but it looks like they are trying to control the clock a little bit more. Which um, is probably a a nod to the fact that their defense hasn't been good. If we sure. can control the sure. clock, if we can play a four-minute offense, then we don't have to worry about our defense letting us down. I mean, because as much as it was fun, we all remember the shot of Rob Ryan and his yeah. long hair looking just pained at the Patriots game. Lead late. One so. of my favorite pictures ever. It's a very good point. Uh, all right. So I think we're in agreement. Price, price is wrong. Price is Price. wrong, Breeze. All right. Um, Joy Bell, you're the next name on the draft. Price is right. Come on down. Round five. Round five for Joyk Bell. He's taken about five, uh, looks like five picks after Drew Brees at 49. He was the 14th best running back last year, I think surprising some. Reggie Bush gone. Does he get the keys all by his lonesome? Or how much does Amir Abdullah cap his value? Uh, I actually just updated my uh, running back rankings and all my rankings, and I moved Abdullah ahead of him. Ahead of Joyk Bell? Wow. Yep. Round five is way too rich for my blood, and um, I, I would not take him there. I would take uh, Abdullah maybe in round six right now. More upside. What Bell's coming off the Achilles, the knee. He's twenty nine years old. I'm worried about his conditioning. I don't. I don't believe in him. I, I. I believe in the rookie. What have you seen in Amir Abdullah that makes you put him, you know, in, in such lofty company? Well, I wish I. I could attend all of these off season workouts. I can't. All I can really do is read <laughs> uh, about what has yeah, gone yeah, yeah, on, yeah. and he's been the star of, of the Lions camp. Got it. Uh, ESPN's John Clayton had a report yesterday about how unbelievable he looked, and he's not a big dude. No, He's small not a big guy. dude at all, but he's versatile, and he believes he can be a three-down back. We'll see if that actually I, comes I to fruition. Can. Well, that's what he was but at Nebraska. Yeah. I will tell you this. 
he is one of the guys I'm targeting. Uh, you guys know I put out my list a couple yeah. of weeks ago. No doubt. The summer loving list. He is one of the guys that I'm targeting. I mean, you beat me to it. I didn't have rankings updated yet or not, but I was going to say I'd probably take Amir Abdullah over Drake Bell too right now. Yep. You got you to love his upside. You love what he did back there. Everybody's – the rave reviews, I mean, it could all be a, a smokescreen right now. But sure. Based on what I watched him do in college and what we're hearing he's doing so far, and I love Drake Bell. With, Don't get with, me wrong. He's been great. But coming off all these injuries and being out of – being older and pr- probably out of shape, this just seems like the situation that Abdullah's going to come in, produce, and run away with. With how things happen – in the NFL, I mean, listen, we do our best to predict things, okay, but we predict things on stats, trends, and and that sort of that sort of thing. Man, a lot of times it's hard. I mean, you saw you saw Monte Ball uh, was all the rage last year, and C.J. Anderson ended up scoring more fantasy points than LaShawn McCoy and right. Golden Tate more than Calvin Johnson right. and it's Antonio crazy Gates more than Jimmy Jimmy Graham. Sometimes you have to really think outside the box. Uh, I still believe. Am I the only one here? Uh, no, you're not the only okay, one. Okay, I, like, I still believe in Drake Bell. Like, in round five, I'd be, I'd be glad to have him. And I, I mean, part of it is, you know, I get it. I get the injuries. But the, the Lions saw this this morning. No team threw to the running backs more than the Lions did last year. I think mm-hmm. something like 28% of their passes went to running backs last year. That means there's a lot of targets still to go around in that offense. And I still think Drake Bell is going to be a big part of it. I think they're going to work him in slowly. And, I, and I'm sure Amir Abdullah has looked fantastic. But I think when we get closer to the season – you still got to worry about things like, you know, how does he handle pass protection? Yeah. How does he handle, you know, coming out of the, the backfield in certain certain situations? I think Joyke Bell still has that. I think he's still going to be a big part of what they do. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not down on him just yet. I, I still like him. I think f- round five is still a bit too rich for my blood for Joyke Bell. I'd love to get him in round seven. I mean, he, if he's the, if he's the 49th pick. Um, you know, we're we're talking pretty end late. End of round five. Yeah, end of round five. So early round six. You know, uh, if another... I could get him around later, end of round six or maybe early rounds, I'd be much more comfortable. I think round five, a little too rich for me. You know what other running back is is rolling on up? Duke Johnson. Watch out for Duke Johnson. I'm okay. telling you, Man. the U. They produce those running backs. All right, how about this? Amari Cooper. You're the next name on the draft prices, right? Come on now. Uh, round seven for Amari Cooper, the sensational or, you know, I guess expected to be sensational rookie uh, wide receiver there in Oakland. He's being uh, targeted with the 67th overall pick. Julian Edelman, Steve Smith, Eric Decker, Keenan Allen in his peer group there. Kevin White, Brandon Marshall being drafted ahead of Amari Cooper, which I think surprises me uh round seven for amari cooper draft price right or wrong fabs if i could get him in round seven dude you would see me like one of those people that gets called to the prices the right price, right Woo! they run down they're like you baby yeah yeah one of the that's what i'm saying right there <laughs> cooper was a fifth round pick in my most recent mock draft okay. and listen man again what i've read what i've heard Everyone's raving about him. I know he plays for the Raiders, but this is uh, a, an offense now that's led by Derek Carr. And yeah, we're not we're not looking at Jay Schrader back there. That's an old school. Wow, offense. I remember being excited when the Raiders got Jay Schrader. <laughs> turn, a, turn a corner. A lot of people probably have no idea yeah. who he is. Look him up. But I I'm I'm on board with Cooper. I like him uh, as. A guy who you can maybe draft as a low two, high three in a ten team league that could produce like a high two. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I think the price is great there. Yeah, no, I think I got, it's I think it's fantastic. Although I've I've said before, I I like 
in a short term and just for this year, I think I like Kevin White a little bit better because there are fewer expectations on him to be the guy to produce. I think you're not scared of Alshon Jeffrey, though. I mean, I no, think Alshon... I, well, no. I, I mean, I've said before. I think I think Kevin White is this year's Mike Evans, where he comes into a situation where he's not expected to be the number one guy, and I, right. I look at Amari Cooper more as a Kelvin Benjamin type, where they want him to really carry that passing game. So, um, you know, I I do think that uh, Amari Cooper at round seven, I do love it. I do love it. I just. Say I like Kevin White a little better. Uh, I'll tell you this. If you look at his peer group in terms of ADP, Julian Edelman, Steve Smith, uh, Eric Decker, Keenan Allen, yeah. Give me Amari Cooper ahead of every single one of those guys. I might even take him ahead of Kevin. Actually, I would take him ahead of Kevin White, no question. And I'd even go so far as I'd take him ahead of Brandon Marshall, man. Oh, yeah, I really I would. would. I would, too. Brandon would. Marshall's oh, easily. got one foot in the grave right now, in the career grave. Whoa, let's not bear. Whoa. <laughs> wow. What did Brandon just, Marshall do to you? Nothing, man. I just, you know, I just don't see a heck of a lot of upside there. I, I, you know, I think, I think Brandon Marshall's got one eye uh, on his post-career, and, and that scares me because in, in, in today's NFL, man, you got to have laser focus. You, you also got to look too. Laser focus. Brandon I mean, Marshall loves tearing it up when he gets how, the new how team. Many, how many Jets wide receivers have been great fantasy options? Uh, uh, none. And, yeah. and and you can like ever you can go through okay. ever. Wait, let, ever? Let, let's let, <laughs> let's on. look at the list. <laughs> start Antonio Holmes Walker. goes to the Wesley Jets. Walker's stinks. Uh... Eric Decker goes to the Jets. Stinks. Uh, Braylon Edwards go to the Jets. Stinks. The guy was not good from a fantasy perspective based on what he did. Who? Eric Decker did like. I don't care. He didn't produce. 1978. Wesley Walker had 1,169 <laughs> yards and eight touchdowns. All right. There you go. So, so the, the price, price is right on Amari Cooper. Yes. yes. Bam. Bam. I didn't even mention Percy Harvin either. Right. He goes there and didn't do much either. All right. Let's let's move on. Let's talk about Rashad Jennings. Round eight. 71st overall pick. Uh, in some mock drafts here. Uh, injuries, injuries, injuries. That's what you always got to think about with uh, Rashad Jennings. He missed five games last year. He still was able to produce, though, about uh, close to 900 total yards, 639 yards rushing, 226 uh, receiving. He also put up four touchdowns uh, in those games that he played, 11 games, and, and really more like nine games because he was kind of dinged up in, in two of them. Andre Williams lurking there. Rashad Jennings, round eight. Good value, bad value, price right or wrong? I uh, see you shaking your I head out. I don't like it. <laughs> There's just – I think it's going to be a nasty committee with all those guys, and I feel that once that offense starts humming, Shane Vereen, I think Fabs pointed it out in a column recently, is going to get a lot of that passing work, and he's going to get a lot of third Oh, I thought work. you were referencing Orleans Darkwa. Oh, no. No. <laughs> no? Oh. Not bringing up That's one heck of a pull. Oh, no? Not today. Oh, my we'll, bad. Have, we'll have an Orleans Darkwa designated see. podcast later. That's but, my bad. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know. It just—I feel like there's a lot better value you can get in that range. Like this is a round after we were seeing Amari Cooper and Kevin White <laughs> right, being drafted. Exactly. Uh, Duke Johnson could be in this range. I'd rather take him than Rashad Jennings. There's just there's too many question marks or too many worries for me to get Rashad Jennings before like round ten. I kind of feel like Rashad Jennings' floor is not that bad though. I mean, if you're getting him in round eight as a running back, as a as an RB three or as a as a you know rotational flex guy. I feel like his floor is not that when he's when he's in there he produces. And yeah, I, the problem it, is how often is he going to be in there? Well, if it, he's going to get healthy, he's, he's a rotational guy. He'll be a good flex starter for fantasy owners. Um, I do think numbers last year, but right. Alex just alluded to it. There's a lot of mouths to feed. You've got Vereen, you've yeah. got Andre Williams, sure. uh, and Jennings uh, also in the mix to go along with the return of Victor Cruz. Yep, that OB, that Randall. doesn't affect the backfield; it affects the offense. So I just. I, I think he's probably in that range, 8 to 10. Uh, but the way that I draft, 
he'd probably be my four because I don't yeah. bother with a quarterback uh, until later. So if I could get him as my fourth running back, I'll take him. But even then, I'm not in love with him because the injuries concern me and the, the, the number of people who are looking for the football in that backfield also concerns me. Marcus, round eight? Uh, yeah, I don't, I, don't think I, can do it. I don't think I can do it at round eight. Um, just you know, for, for the reasons stated, I, I, I do think Shane Vereen is going to have a much larger role in that offense when it's all said and done because he can run it, because he can catch it. Uh, you know, I think that with that offense, that's how it's going to go. So I'm going to be another. Away. He's going to be another. Shane Vereen's going to be another Cal guy. I'm going to target in my all Cal draft. He is. He's going to be another one to get in your all Cal draft there. <laughs> so he could be your flex. Your, your all Cal flex. That's not bad, Alex. I'm I'm okay, Shane Vereen. Is this right? The what? next one? Yes, it is. Oh yeah! Are you kidding me? It look, is, look, look! Rashad Jennings price is wrong. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Dan Bailey, you got to be kidding me! No, Speaking I am of, not. Rashad Jennings, round eight. Dan Bailey, round nine. What? I could have put Dan Carpenter, who actually is going two spots ahead of Dan Bailey. Apparently, listen, what? people don't draft kickers this early. Can you know what all, it is? No, you know what it is. But think about it. It's uh, this isn't even a good uh, a good uh, example because. Think about how many starters are in an NFL.com standard league, and once people stop drafting, it goes to that Auto robot, pick. which so means that the kickers are going higher than they should be. Might be true. We all know. But it's a good PSA. We all know <laughs> the only kicker that you should draft before one of the last two rounds is Steve Sebastian Janikowski. Would you stop? <laughs> I put this into my column uh, uh, today, the uh, the 20 things that, that wouldn't shock Crazy me. predictions. Steven Gostkowski in the last four years, yeah. in the last four years, right. each one of those years, has outscored every single tight end but one. Okay, Graham, So he, he, he had more points than everybody but Jimmy Graham last year. He had more, uh, more I'm sorry, Gronkowski. Uh, the year before it was Jimmy Graham. Oh, I see. Steven Gostkowski is an exceptional stuff. fantasy asset. Yeah, I'm not saying draft him before the 10th round, but... If you can get him in round 12 or round 11, you even do it. maybe at the end of round 11, I would do it because points are points. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I, right. I would love to take the ghost in round 12. Love it. I would love it. But so, kickers before round 10. Price is yeah, wrong. Price, price is wrong. Yeah, it's wrong. wrong. Yes. All right, here we go. How about Chris Ivory? Round 10. Uh, 96th overall, round 10, 821 yards last year. This is what surprised me. Chris Ivory, who I did not think was a very good player last year, 4.1 yards per carry. That's not bad. He uh, played in 16 games, only started 10. So, again, he, he's approaching 1,000 yards in, in really uh, 10 games where he started. Four point yards per carry. He's got a new coaching staff there. Uh, Chris Ivory, round 10, Marcus. Do you like him there? Yeah, in round ten, sure. He's going to be my fourth running back, maybe something. You know, a guy that I play during bye weeks, maybe if the matchup is particularly great. But the thing about Chris Ivory is that there's always somebody lurking in the background ready to take <laughs> carries. I mean, just, right. he's there, and and then somebody else will come in and like spell him for a little while. It's just, I mean, you look at his numbers. The guys had never had 200 carries in a season never. in his career. Right. He, you know, he got to 198 last year. That's the closest he's been. He's never been. You know, he's never had 900 yards in a season in his career, and it's just, it's just so, it's just lackluster. You know, it's it, just lackluster. I think without having seen what the coaching staff thinks of him and how they're going to utilize him, it, round. I mean, I guess round 10 this early. I, I, I'll buy. Sure, I'll buy round 10. But again, we don't even know how the coaching staff views him. Maybe they don't like him. Maybe they hate him. Maybe they love him. 
Maybe they see him as an every-down guy. I don't know. Uh, new coach, it's really difficult to say. It's probably going to be a committee with Bilal Powell in there, and we don't know what Stephen Ridley. Or Zach Stacy. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> that just brings back bad memories because I drafted him in, like, what, the fourth round of our Dynasty League last yeah. year? Yeah. Yeah, thank God I got Trey Mason and, um, and uh, my buddy. So round 10, do you like him there? As as my fifth running back, okay. This is some pretty lukewarm response. Okay, I mean, <laughs> I, don't I don't love him. I mean, last Jell-Har, year, well, give, was, give me a strong. He argument. was inconsistent at best. At best, man. Uh, he ran pretty strong and he ran pretty hard. He had some decent vision. Uh, he was just they were feeding Chris Johnson last year too because they had picked him up as that free agent and kind of felt obligated to. I think in round ten, especially if you're taking him as a, an RB four, like that. It's great upside there because what if then this becomes the season where he gets over 200 carries and he is like the leader of that committee? Last year, he was the 18th highest scoring fantasy running back. True. If you're getting a top it's 20 true. fantasy running back, potentially, in uh, the I, can see round, I could see him there. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't argue. I think I think the price is, is right with him. But again, he's not a guy that I'm going to be drafting and expecting big things. Right. Uh, this you're is drafting the most, him as a four or five. This type. is the most tepid price is yes. right. Yeah. Very tepid. We so we all we all bid one dollar. <laughs> right, one Chris Ivory. Right, right. okay. Um, all right. This is a good one. I like this one. Michael Floyd in round thirteen or John Brown in round fourteen. Who was the price right on there? Oh, John Brown. And, and okay, uh, Marcus said that I sounded like a reporter. Alex did. I have a contact with the Cardinals. There we go. Sources, 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 go. sources wow. within the corner, Cardinal organization. And I've been told yep. that they love him. They love John Brown. Look, I was they Ian love Rappaport. Him. In That's fact, in job, fact, man. I would, and I put this in my column today that you can uh, check out on NFL.com, that it would not shock me if John Brown was the highest scoring fantasy wide receiver in Arizona this year. It wouldn't shock me one bit. I could see that. I, I really could see it. Larry Fitzgerald is on the way down. Michael Floyd did not look like the same player last year. John Brown is exciting. Uh, he's electric. He can He can burn you deep. Uh, great ver- vertical pass attack uh, threat for, for Carson Palmer. He's someone that I've got targeted after round 10, uh, but round 14, you, you love I don't him, know man. that he'll be around. No, I don't think so either. Uh, Marcus Grant, Michael Floyd, John Brown. I mean, I think at these values, Michael Floyd in the 13th, John Brown in the 14th, I like both of them. Sure. I, I am with Fabs. I like John Brown better. And, and, you know, there's been a trend lately, and I believe our, our friends at the, around the NFL wrote about this, of smaller wide receivers in recent years starting to really have success. And, you know, obviously Brandon Cooks is a guy we all like. But I think John Brown's another one who fits into that situation where he can stretch the field. He can also run underneath routes. They can, you know, maybe pitch it to him out of the backfield. There are a lot of ways to get the football in his hands. And if I could land John Brown on the 14th, I'd be thrilled to death. And think about Arians right now. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Arians... Antonio Brown, right? Smaller, smaller wide receiver. I don't remember if he was there for um, his breakout. He, T.Y. Hilton, but he had T.Y. smaller Hilton wide receiver, Colts, and he's had John Brown here. So, why why not John Brown? Um, because he's five ten, one hundred eighty pounds. I'll <laughs> just I mean, wait. Wait, have you I ever mean, have tiny. you ever stood next he's to Deshaun tiny. Jackson? No, no. Look, your cow brother. I, I agree. <laughs> I mean, I agree. D- Deshaun Jackson. Uh, I think I weigh more than him. Uh, pro- actually, Deshaun Jackson exact same characteristics: five ten, one eighty. But this is the difference. We've seen Deshaun do it. We haven't seen John Brown do it. And, and well, I think that's, that's why he's not coming off the board until late. I 100% agree. Yeah. 100%. But if you're asking me why I would take Michael Floyd over John Brown, I love the fact that John Brown gives you that vertical threat. And, and Carson Palmer back there, I mean, we know he loves slinging it deep. I get it. I get it. And, and you can be more creative with John Brown. I get that as well. Uh, it's just, for me, it's hard. It's hard for me to take a guy 
who right now looks like a one, a fairly one-dimensional player in terms of just being a, a very good vertical threat versus a guy who's, I think, a little bit more well-rounded, especially if they start getting closer to the goal line. I, I love Michael Floyd's upside. I love Michael Floyd's upside. Michael Floyd might be a guy. Am I taking a high-heels bet with this guy? Uh-oh. Oh, Please do it. Uh-oh. Michael Please Floyd? Uh-oh. Are we doing this? Uh-oh. You are do it. Doing, you know, I mean, I, you're, you're going to lose that one. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to lose that one big. I, I might have Go ahead to, and do it. You know what? I'm, do I'm, I'm going to have to think about this. Go ahead and Why? jump off Why? a cliff in a little here. while. Come on. I might have to think about I got I got to think about this one here. Uh, we're going to keep prodding him every week. Every week we're going to prod him. We're going to just yeah. push him. Michael Floyd. When you said, you know why I love Michael Floyd, I was going to throw it because you love a wide receiver that drops passes. Nice. Because uh, from Pro Football Focus, the wide okay. receiver drop rate. Uh, uh, Michael Floyd, not Michael too good. Michael Floyd eh? is uh, way up there. He oh. drops about 10% of Go his ahead, passes. Go ahead, do it. Do it. Do it. That is not good. Do it. Look, I like Michael Floyd a lot. I like him a lot. Um, how about a sundress this time? Forget about the high heels. Sundress. <laughs> but, uh, you know, because the, the see only how he's avoiding that? No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not, no, no, listen. I'm not avoiding it. The only reason I'm, I, I'm hesitating with this one is because I really, really, really like Jalen Strong, and I really want to put my money behind my uh, the Texans again. Uh, exactly yeah, behind the te- and Jalen Strong in particular because I just I really what like would him be in that what would what? be the so I got to think about the number. This. Hold I on, hold on. Let's get yeah. let's get social. Why don't we uh, Why don't we ask the audience? We'll okay. do another game show millionaire, and right. we'll have our fans weigh in on Twitter. Tweet at NFL Fantasy if James Coe should do the March to eleven hundred again. March to eleven hundred with Michael Floyd or, or Jaylen wait, wait, Strong. wait. Wasn't it twelve? But you're strong. Well, no, no, no. We had to go to twelve. 11. Okay, because then it went to 12. Okay. We had to go to 12 because basically DeAndre Hopkins smashed 11. Blue past 11. So, it's all good. Okay. It wasn't so tweet, tweet at NFL Fantasy. Or James Deco. Or James Deco. And we should also. March to 1100. We should also let the fans pick the punishment. Ooh. No, well, no, we're not doing that. Yeah. Listen, outside of <laughs> no, something unbelievable, no. or or we or we give them two options and let them vote. No. James Coe no. has to tattoo Michael Floyd's no. name that is, on his no. keister, no. or he has to wear a sundress no. to we're one not, episode no. of NFL ne- Fantasy Live. Negative, negative. No, These are negative. So. These are negative. <laughs> uh, at NFL Fantasy, at James. That's why Coe. I just admit, hey, I was wrong. Hashtag, I'm not wearing anything. Hashtag crazy. March to 1100. Michael right. Floyd, Jalen Strong. I, I, I got to do a little. I got to do a little digging here, man. But you, you know what? I, I want the fans to let me know what they think. All right, listen. Can we roll through these here? Yeah. All right. Let's do uh, offenses that could surprise. Because here's the deal. Look. Uh, it's a, it's a lot like Emmanuel Sanders last year with Denver. A, a lot of folks were high on him because that is an offense that we know is going to produce a lot of fantasy points. Devontae Adams in, uh, in Green Bay. We know that that's an offense that's going to produce a lot of fantasy points. But here are some four teams, sneaky teams, and we got the crack staff here. Marcus Grant, Alex Gelhard, they did the digging, they did the research, and these are four teams that could surprise from a fantasy standpoint. And we'll start with the Dolphins. Alex, what do you see there? Uh, well, I don't want to jump, but actually, can we backtrack to the Cardinals real quick? Sure. I was doing some number crunching earlier since we just talked about Floyd and Brown. Uh, if you're looking at the Cardinals' offense last year, uh, as we know, they only had Palmer for six games. Uh, over the course of the season, they were 24th in points, 24th in yards, 14th in passing yards, 31st in rushing yards. Ugly. <sighs> However, That's because they didn't have anybody. When, when Palmer was in there, right. they were 8th in points scored. Uh, they jumped up to 19th in yards and sixth in passing yards per game. Interesting, so that's and, right? And I and I mentioned this in the column too. Uh, when he played, he was averaging 17 fantasy points a game. That's damn good. Yeah, it's really good. Really, really good. good. Yeah. So he's someone that I'm targeting late too. Yeah, no one's absolutely. drafting him before no. round 12 probably. Oh, yeah. But that's and his 
points per completion last year were were very good. They were in the top five. Uh, even Drew Stanton had a pretty good fantasy points to completion rate. So mm-hmm. it's all about that offense, man. And you get John Brown going in there, running deep routes. David, I, I David like Johnson. Woo! Love the addition of David Johnson. Love the addition. I think David Johnson's the key in this whole thing because you talked about that running game really not doing anything. A lot of it is because – when when Andre Ellington went down, I mean, that was it. It yeah. was a wrap. So if you get David Johnson in there and you can kind of split some of those carries, keep both those guys healthy. I think Bro, you didn't like Kerwin Williams? Ask Kerwin Williams. Step yeah, fan no. Taylor. Step fan Taylor. Marion Grice. <laughs> no, no love. I love, I love both those guys yeah. in college. Right. Uh, yeah, not so right. much in the NFL. Uh, yeah, the Cardinals, uh, is it certainly an offense? I think that could surprise. How about the Dolphins, though? How about the Dolphins, though? Uh, you look at Ryan Tannehill. Again, a sneaky top ten quarterback from last year. Uh, they add a, a, a very good wide receiver in Devontae Parker. We don't know, you know, what his development status is, but, you know, the, the tape on him says that, yeah, sure, Parker could be a very good wide receiver. What do we like about the Dolphins' offense? Uh, I mean, one, I like I like Jarvis Landry a lot. I, I also really think this is the year we see Ryan Tannehill take a big step forward in that offense. Okay. We, we've seen him get better and better every year. I mean, obviously, the, you know, he's not, he's not a guy who's going to throw it deep. He's not going to, you know, just chuck the ball downfield a whole lot. But he can be very accurate, and I think the thing that gets underrated about him is how effective he is at running the football. Um, yes. You know, so his ability to run the football obviously changes what you have to do defensively. It's certainly from a fantasy perspective gives him a new dimension. Um, so I think between the, the combination of Tannehill, Jarvis Landry opening things up, and Jordan Cameron, if he can stay healthy uh, and stay on the field, I think he steps in and, and is a nice replacement for Charles Clay in that offense. And Lamar Miller was fairly effective last year as well. He yeah. was good. Um he didn't have a whole ton of touches, but when he did touch the ball, he was pretty good. I do worry a little bit about – now, help me pronounce this, Jay Ajayi? Jay Ajayi. Jay Ajayi. Right. Uh, but Tannehill like is a guy who could be a draft bargain. Yeah. The, the problem that you that you run into a lot of times is, that, you know, you say, oh, Tannehill was a top 10 quarterback, right. year, which he was, yeah. uh, or Eli finished in the top 12. At that point, the the issue that you have is consistency. Sure. Because Eli had a stretch there where he was awesome, and then he went in the tank – and then he was awesome. The same thing happened to Tannehill. He had a stretch last year. I remember he was really good. He was scoring 20 fantasy points no a game. But then sometimes there are certain weeks where the guy goes in the tank, and so you yeah. don't feel like you can always trust them. That's why you play the yeah. matchups right. uh, when, you, when you utilize that philosophy. But the talent's there. Lamar's in a contract year. He's like 23 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we talked about uh, Ajayi. We've got Jarvis Landry, who had over 80 catches last year. Kenny Stills. Stills is a guy who can stretch defenses. Greg Jennings. Not what he used to be, but he's a good presence in the locker room, and he could still probably catch 50 balls in that offense. Jordan Cameron, again, Marcus mentioned if he can stay healthy. So there's a lot to like yep. about this Dolphins offense. By the way, it's it's almost as though the Dolphins are listening to us record this thing because as we're sitting here talking, a tweet pops up that says, Tannehill feeling great entering 2015. Eh? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Wow, way to go. All right, look, basically in terms of points, yards, pass yards, rush, they were all very middle of the pack, uh, double digits in, in every single category, but around 11, 12, 13, 14. Gelhard, give me a reason why these guys might the Dolphins offense, team offense, may be able to jump into I don't let's say the top eight, top seven. We've been we've been hitting on it. It's Tannehill. Over the over the course this is in his third year, he had posted his best completion percentage, yards per attempt, lowest uh T D to interception ratio, uh, or that the interception percentage. The guy is is improving in all the right metrics, and the hope is that if he takes that next step, even just pushes it a little farther, 
in 2015, he's going to boost the value of everybody else around him. Let's talk about the Vikings. Uh, you talk about development. Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Two Gloves, uh, as my fantasy brethren here uh, like to call him. Uh, the Vikings in 2014, they look dreadful in a lot of in a lot of offensive categories. But uh, look, I get that they're getting Adrian Peterson back, but to me. Uh, other than Adrian Peterson, why should I be excited about the Vikings offense? To me, I, you know, I, I look at a guy like Teddy Bridgewater. Okay, great. Uh, he's going to be a late-round flyer. But what else is there? I don't see much else. Uh, tell me why I'm wrong. Well, Wait, wait, wait. Wow. There's nothing else there? I, I mean, I, obviously there's this Peter, Peterson. I said obviously Adrian Peterson. Peterson's there. No, there's more than that. I Go like ahead. Bridgewater a lot. Go ahead. I do too. I, 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 I think they have something with their receivers. I mean, Mike Wallace is the guy who stretches the field for them. I think Charles Johnson, I'm looking for him to take a step forward. I, I, I went through a lot of Cordell, Paros, Cordell <laughs> Patterson tape last week. Okay. I don't really want to talk about it. Um, <laughs> I, it was actually, I wrote, I wrote a column for it uh, on Patterson last week, whether or not he can bounce back from his awful second season. Kyle Rudolph is uh, back. Kyle Rudolph is there. So there are some weapons there. I mean, I don't know that they're as sexy as the Dolphins or maybe the Cardinals, but uh, I think there's a lot to like. I, I did like what I saw from Bridgewater last year, a lot. They were 20th in points scored. Uh, they were 27th in yards. 27th. In yards, they were 28th in pass yards. They they've had got, no running game. They've got to make a big they boost. Had they had Russell no start. one in the backfield that anyone was scared of defensively. And he just mentioned it. I mean, the quarterback position until they brought in Bridgewater. I mean, right. I and mean, Bridgewater was a rookie. He got too. dinged up too, but then sure. that game, he, Bridgewater came out, uh, played great against Atlanta, tweaked his ankle. Next week, Christian Ponder comes in. They get absolutely murdered mm -hmm. by the Packers on Thursday Night Football. That game was like thirty. Oh, it was awful. Three at halftime. Awful. Right. Yep. Because uh, that offense was inept without a quarterback. But Bridgewater, like we've all been saying, we're big fans. Can right. do a lot for them this year. Stabilize the offense. Quite and a remember bit. too that. Norv Turner now knows what he's going to be able to work with. Okay, last year he came in. I mean, quarterback position was was questionable at best. Patterson fell apart. Peterson Patterson, Peterson, right? So now you bring all this together. Uh, Sands Patterson breaking out because we all are yeah, we're down on him on now. I'm excited for, about he's that. a wild, he's a wild card now. Sure, he's, he's Charlie, and it's always Sunday. Sure, he's the wild card. <laughs> right? He so might, he might cut the brakes on the offensive man. He could come in and like win Norv, everything for him. Nor if I mean, listen, for all of his failures as a head coach, he's a hell of an offensive coordinator, and a lot of the offenses that he's run, uh, there's man. been a lot of production for fantasy owners. Uh, and James, that's what we're talking like about here. No, like no, I'm not buying this at all. Look, I, look, I love the North Turner talk because it's like, look. North Turner, does he produce some fantasy guys? Yes, he does produce some fantasy guys. Is he a good real-life offensive coach? I'm not sold. I don't oh, care about real life. I am not sold. gracious, stop it. I'm not sold. I don't care about real life right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's got nothing to do I, with me. I don't, I don't see a ton of weapons on the out. Charles Johnson is, a, uh, is an interesting, intriguing wide receiver, decent upside, good size, good speed. I get it. Not great hands, not great route running. Mike Wallace. Look, he's a journeyman at this point. Yeah, but Mike Wallace was a top the 20 wide receiver last Is year. Is he going to stretch the field? Yeah, he could stretch the field. Maybe, but maybe. It, it, again, wide receivers going to brand-new teams don't necessarily always do that well. Uh, I just don't see it. Outside of Adrian Peterson and maybe Teddy Bridgewater as a late-round quarterback, not even as an every-week starter, Teddy Bridgewater. Outside of Adrian Peterson, I don't see a lot. Uh, to like about the Vikings offense. Not saying they won't be better. They're going to be better. Look, they were 28th in pass yards last year, man. They're going to be better than that. Hard to be worse. <laughs> hard to be worse. Uh, maybe they jump into somewhere in the top 15, 18, but to me that's not a lot to get excited about. All right, we move on. Uh, how about the Bengals? The Bengals now. Uh, now this is a team. 
I'm getting excited about, man. Uh, they got some weapons. The Jeremy Hill, Gio Bernard, A.J. Green, and the list goes on. Um, I, I really like this team. Uh, Alex, tell me why uh, you could see these these guys. Again, we're talking about 15th in points scored, 15th in yards. Why did the, Why is this a team that could jump maybe uh, into the top six or seven, maybe top five? Well, I think the hope is that there are so many weapons around Andy Dalton that this is finally the year that he can't hold that offense back. <laughs> <laughs> they've got, they've got they a, will succeed despite the redheaded. Wait, how much it. money do they give him? A all lot. of it. They gave him a lot. All of, a all of the a money. A lot. Uh, but yeah. the point is, they've got a game-changing running back. Yeah. They have a. They have two of them basically yeah. that have different different skill sets. They've no got doubt. a game-changing wide receiver. Tyler Eifert's going to come back from a devastating injury. Good he point. was he was looking really good. Good point. In preseason and the years Marvin before. Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones is coming back from an injury. Mohamed Sue slides into the third spot. It's it's all there. It's all it's and all Green lined will be up. Healthy. Green will be healthy. Green was again. not healthy. No. He missed three games yeah, last that, year. What was it, plantar fashion? I think he could end up being one of the better draft bargains oh, if no he doubt. falls into the third round. Pick and, you know, up. third round draft bargain, I mean, you can argue either way. But I like him because people are not drafting him as a one, and he's got the talent to be a top 10 wide receiver. Absolutely. In 2012 and 2013, over 90 catches, over 1,300 yards, 11 touchdowns yeah. each year. That's pretty good. Uh, and I'll say this about A.J. Green, too. Yes, he disappointed last year. Yes, he disappointed. I, I, there's no doubt about it he disappointed last year. But even in a disappointing year, the guy still had 1,000 yards and six touchdowns. What's going to happen when he gets healthy and there's no possible way that they're going to just double cover him? They, they can't. They can't double cover him, not with Jeremy Hill, not with Gio Bernard in the backfield. I just don't see it. He's going to see a lot of single coverage, man. And, and again, with uh, those underneath the guys in terms of Muhammad Sanu and my boy, uh, Marvin. Uh, All-Cal team. <laughs> there it is, the All-Cal team coming together. I like it. It's coming together nicely. A.J. Green's going to feast, man. If he stays healthy, he's going to eat. The dude's going to eat. I really like A.J. Green. And you mentioned it. If he falls to the third round, you are getting a draft bargain. Because and I think I he is. Being a, a, I think a he solid, is going to fall to the third high second round. round guy. Can I, can, right. I, can, I, can I ask you a question, though? Go ahead. Are we at some point in the middle of the season just magically expecting Andy Dalton's going to turn into like Ken Anderson or something? I mean, <laughs> no, what, what's well, going to happen? I mean, you know, the, the Bengals offense to me, it's yeah, like yeah. it's like one of those like those novelty bar sickles <laughs> where you've got like five people on each side and like everybody's pedaling except one dude who's just not, and everybody else has but to no, pedal a little bit harder. But AJ's because of that. the driver, and so he's <laughs> everybody's working their tail off to pedal that barcycle around, and Andy Dalton might just run the him right into the stop <laughs> You have to remember, too, wow. that AJ Green's been a great fantasy receiver the In whole time Dalton's been under center. You have been watching, I can tell, you've been watching some Travel Channel in the office. A little bit, a little bit. A little Travel Channel little in the office. You ever watch that Barcycle. show? Uh, what, what is it, the United States of Bacon? No. No. Nope. Sounds great. No, sounds delicious. Oh, my well, God. It makes everything better. It sounds this delicious. really big dude who just, like, goes to different places in, in the United States and eats bacon. Well, you know what? Why don't we all wrap this up and go get some bacon ourselves? Oh, <laughs> Marcus, like what's bacon? Bacon is meat candy. That's right. <clears throat> all right. That's there it. you go. So those, those who are doesn't the, love bacon? Those are the four teams that could Everybody uh, surprise. Bacon. The four offenses that possibly could surprise. And, again, uh, we're talking about the Dolphins, Vikings, Bengals, and Cardinals. Um, I just want to say I'm going in under the knife tomorrow. Uh-oh, good luck to you. Getting sir. a little surgery done on the, the old shoulder. The hair again? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is what, your fifth uh, hair transplant? Hopefully the hair butcher will not be my surgeon uh, tomorrow. <laughs> that, that would be, would be bad. But, uh, but no, I'm getting uh, getting so- shoulder surgery done. Well, best uh, of luck it, to you. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm going to be uh, coming in next week, uh, trooping on, uh, but I'll be in a sling. Well, 
Won't even come in next week. It's 4th of July. We will not have a podcast on Monday. Maybe Tuesday. Tuesday. To be decided. Guess what? I'll still be in a sling. And we've got to... If uh, we do it on Wednesday, I'll still be in a sling. How's that going to affect your slider? Is that going to (laughs) be... The slider's going to be no good. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to throw a football ever again, but that's okay. (laughs) You know, this is what happened. I tore the labrum because I was... I thought I was young and I could throw the football. Uh, and yeah. I didn't properly warm up. That's what happened. Play golf. Yeah. All Low right. bowling. Hey, uh, I appreciate Safe everybody sport. listening. You've been listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. I'm James Coe. For Marcus, Fabs, and Alex, we're out of here. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like... Whoa. And... Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.